And welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, mah.uk.com for medical accountancy needs and also to lifelinehealthcaregroup.co.uk for the best locum rates. Hi, and welcome to the Two Medics podcast. I am Thrushigan Wardener. I'm a cardiology registrar subspecializing in intervention. Uh, and today, I'm Zach, Fer- <laughs> I'm Zach Ferguson. I'm uh, an acute medical registrar uh, subspecializing in uh, nothing in particular. <laughs> Only today? What are you. Well, you know, d- you just because, you know, is there some suspense when people tune into the podcast and they don't know who it's oh, going to be? Yeah, who's going to be? Uh, yeah. it's, like the, it's like the How I Got News for You guest host. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's kind of inflating. That's a kind of inflated view of yourself, isn't well, it? Well, no, I, I want this podcast to escalate. I, I want it to be that you, oh, you really? guys have. Yeah, like a like a late night chat show where where you know you're sat there behind the desk and and there's an audience and <laughs> the, you know how they all you know when uh, and it's all actors you go on, those those shows are all actors you go on to promote their project so you could get people from med twitter to come on and promote their latest qi project yeah. or audit. <laughs> that's a really good <laughs> yeah that sounds, that sounds like really great tv <laughs> what channel will be beyond though i, I don't know like uh What's the work like 999 on Freeview, which no one has anymore because everything's streaming? This is sounding so elevating, and then it's like, yeah, it'll be like, oh, it'll be like UK uh, Gold 3 or something. <laughs> yeah, no, we can be on Dave. Dave, yeah, you can be on Dave. Yeah, that, why not? That'd be awesome. Why not? I don't have I television anymore, I just have streaming, so I wouldn't see it, but I'm no, sure it'd be good. So, wait, do you have a TV license? Or? Uh, I think I do, um, but, oh, but okay. only because I'm 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 married to a lawyer, so anything that even oh, yeah. you know reeks of uh, illegality, uh, you know, is is you off limits. The line. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I should explain to people out there. So Imran is he's observing Ramadan, uh, not celebrating it because um, I was messaging him the other day, and he's definitely not celebrating. He's uh, observing <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but he can't wait to eat. Bless him. And he can't even have water. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I so... love it. I'm so glad that's come up. Like... <laughs> Is that, oh, we, not not oh, even yeah. water. Yeah. Oh, no. He loves it. He loves to be asked that though. So you know, feel free, feel free. I to may text him. him just to ask him that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he's not here. So thank you so much, Zach, uh, to for sending in. That's uh, that's um, awesome. I'm really excited. Um, and there's I'm a lot to talk to about this here. week. Yeah, oh, there's so much to talk about this week, mate. Oh my gosh. Um, so where do we start? Uh, where shall we start? So many, so many controversies. So many. Uh... So many fires. Uh, you got a break this week. Cardiology got a break this week. I know. A new, a new villain specialty has has yeah. arisen. Yeah. Anesthetist. Who'd have thought, right? Because with all that, ca- this usually so kind of caffeinated and placid and stuff, but they've not. <laughs> oh, is that not the right? I guess caffeinated and placidity aren't necessarily things you'd associate. But those are things that associate with gas people, right? But that's that's so they- homeostasis, isn't it? That's what they're, they're <laughs> you know, they're, they're, yeah. the ultimate balance is I'm adequately caffeinated and adequately placid. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you've had me on to talk about this because speaking as someone who is an ACTS trainee has done six whole months of emergency medicine, oh, six whole months of anaesthetics. Expert. I'm an expert on both of those specialties and can talk yeah. about them as if I'm a consultant in either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so I think this was uh, this was uh, Claire's post. Uh, Claire Eliza, who's an who's an A and E consultant in um, in not London. Obviously, oh, as we're aware, there are two parts of the country: there are London and not London. <sighs> yeah, interest waning. Interest waning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, 
she basically posting saying as an A&E consultant she was fed up with anesthetists coming down and acting like they could do her job uh, better than she could um and one of the hmm. things I love about Med Twitter is is that the tribalism leads to so much inadvertent comedy, yeah. <laughs> because you know we we all have slightly different jobs, and I think most of us, most reasonable people, say, okay, you know, everyone has their niche, um, some of our niches overlap, um, but but we we should all defer to people on 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 the job that they do best, and certainly managing resus is an A and E doctor's job, and. And I can see how frustrating it must be if someone comes into your department and that's like they can do it better than you can. Hmm. Do you think, do you think, are there any other examples though of specialties within medicine who might be like, actually I could do your job better than you? Like, do you think there's other examples of attitudes? As well? I've, I've got one in my head, but can you think of any? So, I mean, I guess my frustration is here that the anaesthetists are not saying, that they're not just saying that they can do this anaesthetist, not all anaesthetists, not all anaesthetists. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're not only saying that they can do A&E's job better, but they're saying that they can do the med reg's job better. Oh, did they say that as well? Oh, I missed that bit. No, no, they didn't, because uh. the med reg's job is to say that they can do A&E's job better yeah. than A&E can. <laughs> so the anaesthetists are also encroaching on my niche. Oh, yeah, I think well, that's I mean. a... I mean, I... I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I get very frustrated when, when medics, and I can say this because I am a medic, yeah. um, say, oh, A&E did this or... or you know, this this bloody A&E SHO referred this and they, they didn't even add on the TFTs. And, and, and oh God. There's, there's this attitude that like, oh, I could do it better if I was in that situation without any awareness of how different the timing and the tempo and the resources are. Um, so, so certainly I think everyone thinks, everyone always gets really down on A&E. Like, I could do that. And like, why have A&E done that? As if that, that huge sort of shifting mass of risk that A&E consultants constantly preside over is something that anyone could just walk in and, and handle, which is not true. But w- mm. what was the example that, that you had? Well, th- so there's this whole thing recently about kind of stroke PCI, or I don't know what oh, yeah. we call that. And so, and obviously as cardiologists, I think there's kind of some interest, but then I think there's this kind of whole thing where we're like, oh, you know, it's, what's the difference gonna be? Like, it's just small blood vessels, but in the brain. And interventional radiologists like me. And I think uh, there's this whole thing where interventional radiologists, I mean, we don't tend to interact with them very much until things go horribly, horribly wrong. And then and then we're like, uh, can you like bail us out? And I think there is a whole thing where interventional radiologists are, look at those cardiologists, we didn't want to get up at night, so they're doing that yeah. thing, and now they're getting a bit big for their boots. So I know there's a bit of that thing, but um, I guess there's a similar attitude from cardiology towards the strict PCI, kind of being like, how hard can it be? And I think it probably can be quite hard. There were some threads about that, I think, where people were talking about needing to have neurosurgery cover and stuff. Yeah, and I, I definitely think we, if cardiology is going to be doing it, then there should be some of that around. But it's just kind of interesting when you're kind of thinking about people thinking that they can do other jobs. Be like, oh yeah, I throw my hat in there. It's kind of an arrogance, there, isn't it? Like, I'm not I th- really. I think so, it. and I think it's it's sort of recognizing that different clinical scenarios are, are very different, and that the care that you can offer to one patient in in theatres. Uh, with a full team is, is very different from the care that you can offer to 150 patients in an emergency department that's not built to hold that many with with you know trainees that need training and 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 ambulances that need offloading mm. and I, I i think it's kind of it's always kind of unfair when people start criticizing certain specialties because specialty there's a lot more diversity within a specialty than there is between specialties and i think we often forget that in the uh 
in the expedience of, of comedy on, on Twitter. Hmm. The problem is, is that the sort of loudest and most obnoxious, you know, members of each specialty are the, are the ones who set the tone and the ones who get remembered. So in the yeah, same way true. that, you know, the, the cardiologists who are, you know, funding their designer suits with a lucrative <laughs> but completely amoral side hustle are yeah. the ones who are, who seem to sort of set the reputation for all of the people who just... Who just want to get on and up titrate the freezer mine? Um, <laughs> That's not all that we do. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, I know. I feel like you guys intervene in in some yeah, way. Yeah, I've heard, all the time. I've heard something like that. <laughs> but but similarly, I, I mean, I, I I've met tons of anaesthetists and intensivists, and the vast majority of them have been utterly lovely and and mm. really understandably protective of their resource, but also aware of of the limitations that we have both in the emergency department and on the ward. And, okay. and willing to help in any way that they can when when the patient's needs have exceeded what we can offer. No, you and need I, to and save I think that's. Sorry, you need to save this balance. You're, I know you're like balancing it out, but we've got more problematic stuff from the anaesthetist to throw in before you. Oh, that's a good point. All... So I know, basically, I know. what I'm saying is, for for all of the lovely anaesthetists who listen to the podcast, you know, we're not talking about you. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about. Yeah, you hate them too. You know, yeah. no one hates. No one hates the annoying person in that specialty more than the than the normal people, people in that specialty. No Definitely. one hates the like obstructive, rude, abusive med regs more than me. Like, yeah. It's it's and 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 yeah, there's there's definitely more. So 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 Claire obviously said I'm I'm sick of anesthetists coming down to the department and being like, well, I could do your job better than you. You you need us to bail you out. Um, and I I then shared an experience when I when I was in F1 and, hmm. and when anesthetists came down and rescued me. This this incredibly suave guy just like swaggers onto my ward and and I, I in my head it was like he literally stood five meters away from the from the patient and just like threw a cannula into <laughs> him and, yeah. and the tegaderm just fell into place oh and, wow and it, it was it was yeah. the, the world's most perfect access but that's yeah. how it looked to me i was i was just yeah. in awe of this guy with the you know the when they wear the gowns backwards and yeah. it flickers behind them like a cape that, yeah, the guy looked true. like superhero to me um and then this this sort of chap chimed in saying, "You should never bleep an anaesthetist for a cannula unless the patient needs urgent treatment." Uh, and I think we can safely say that that tweet did not go down well <laughs> with, with anybody. No. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting because it was kind of, and it's an interesting uh, kind of like dichotomy between, oh, like we can do we could do everything, we could do your jobs, but please don't ever bleep us, like unless it's yeah. you know, and like what what do you think people are bleeping you for? Like I don't know for jokes, like oh that do you want to see if you can candidate <laughs> that person? Like what what like for fun? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like oh, let's that see was, if you can. That was your meme though. That was your the, the meme that you posted was was yeah, illustrating sorry. the difference between we can do your job. But also, yeah. don't, don't ever ask us to. Um, yeah. And, Sorry, and it is such a <laughs> yeah reference. It's like a, you know yeah three shirts twenty twenty two et al. Uh, I think uh, it's 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 a frustrating attitude to have, and and yeah. I think the the response that that I get when I speak to Anise just actually are like well, we don't have any skills or access to any to any kit that you don't have. Um, you know, and, and I've had Anissa just say to me, well, look, if it's that difficult cannula, we'd bring them up to theatres where we've got good lighting, where we've got the ODP, you know, where we've got all the kit, where we've got our ultrasound machine. And that's where we, you know, just completely get all the, yeah. the ergonomics perfect. Um, because it's very, it's very different when you're, you know, trying to get a blue into a delirious, obese patient with, yeah. you know, 
you know, horrible polyedema everywhere. He's had yeah. multiple different attempts. And you're kneeling and on the floor in urine. Yeah. And, you know, it, like, oh, yeah. And it's like three it. in the morning and there's no yeah. light. And, and that's, yeah. and I, I think that's, that's what I say to my juniors is, is yeah. try and cannulate like an anaesthetist and that's get an extra person to help you. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, advice. get, get yourself in a chair, get a good source of light, you know, get a decent tourniquet, get gravity yeah. to help you. And, and often, yeah. sometimes that's enough. Sometimes you don't even need the ultrasound machine. Yeah. Um, get your error press out. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <Get your> error- <laughs> Make, make, you know, wine, you and like her. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really like, so in response to that tweet, there was a tweet from Mehul, which got 341 likes, which is just nice to see that little kind of, and it was, I'm extremely grateful to every anaesthetist who has helped me with access on difficult patients and did not give me any grief about it because they understand that sometimes that cannula was the ceiling of care for a lot of my patients. And, you know, mm. nice. Fair enough. That was that was very be kind of him. I thought. No, no, I, 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 I joke. Um, I, I it's because he's going I for a consultant he's... interview, isn't it? That's what's going on. Yeah. Do you know what? When he's just going to come on, he's going to have like a headshot where he's him wearing a suit, and <laughs> yeah. he'll be like interested in continence management, and all the yeah, jokes will amazing. be gone. <laughs> All the fun will be gone. Yeah, He'll yeah. just be tweeting, you know, sort of selfies of himself at BGS conferences, <laughs> you know, giving a blow by blow with a picture of every single slot in every oh, single God. presentation. Oh, that's that's just what happens when you become a consultant. Yeah, no, I, th- oh, I think I think he makes an excellent point, which is that, and I don't, I don't want to sound like um, uh, sincere, um, yeah. because obviously, as anyone who sees me on Twitter, I, I try and avoid sincerity at all costs. <laughs> But I, I think most of the time when people call you, uh, they're, they're calling you because they need help and they think that you're the best person to help them. And mm. sometimes they're wrong and you can redirect them. But sometimes actually they've they've exhausted the you know the the skill set and the resources that you know available to them. And and you've got those that skill set and those resources. Yeah. And I I think if you're being obstructive or rude. Not because you can't help, but because you don't want to, or you don't want to set a yeah. precedent. Then I, th- I think you've really got to rethink that because that's not in anyone's best interests. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, fair enough. Well, okay, let's move our focus away from anaesthetists because they weren't the only ones. I mean, I tried to drag it to cardiology, but it hasn't quite worked yet. But GPs, <laughs> they didn't do so great either, did they? Did you see that thread? No. So, this, so an F2 uh, tweeted saying, "Pediatrics done, tick." GP next, no weekends, no nights, no bleeps, and every spring and summer bank holiday off. And then he's got like a little face with hearts for the eyes. And you know, there's some replies which are like, you're going to love it. Mm. And then some of the other replies, which were absolutely horrendous. They were like people going, well, you're not going to achieve much with that attitude. That was probably one of the nicer things that um, we've <laughs> been It's just bizarre what will, what will set people off. And um. Yeah. And and sometimes, sometimes people tweet things and they get a horrible response, and and I'm like, oh, do you know what? You, you should have reworded that. And certainly, I think there are other people who are going to come up in this podcast who did just that. But I think this <laughs> yeah. was someone who has has probably been on, you know, eight months of SHO rotors that have been quite grueling, and yeah. is genuinely looking forward to to getting his hand, you know, his hands dirty in general practice, and and doing it in a way that's more compatible with with having an actual life hmm. and i think what people what people forget is that actually one of the selling points of gp is is probably the fact that that you know you're not going to be doing nights and that's not to say that you're going to be doing less work 
um, on the contrary, I don't know if you, I've, I've done a couple of ITU jobs and you do nights every three weeks, but it'd be rare that you'd be working more than three days in a week because all your yeah. shifts would be long. So okay. yeah, you, you'd miss lots of interesting things and weekends and you constantly be sleep deprived, but actually you have a lot more time to do other things. And some people love that. I actually really yeah. like shift work in that, well, it's a complete nightmare once you have kids, but you know, when, when, you know, I was, I was single shift work was great because I had a lot more spare time and it didn't matter if that spare time was, was on a Monday morning, you know, it, it didn't matter when it was, it was annoying when I couldn't go to something on the weekend, but you know, you've, you, you'd had that time. Um, yeah. But, you know, some people are just like, oh, I hate nights and I don't mind working hard. At no point in that tweet did he say, I hate I hate hard work and yeah. GP's DOS. He just yeah. said, I'm looking forward to having a, a you know, a slightly better work schedule in terms of aligning with the rest of humanity. Um, yeah, <laughs> totally agree. I mean, there are people who pick, yeah, as you say, like based based upon that, but it doesn't mean it's not as hard. But it's interesting because do you think there's like a thing where if you tweet, things that seemingly so i remember there was a tweet a while ago now why a while ago it probably was like a week and a half ago but it might have been longer i don't know it all kind of blurs into one on twitter but like um there was a tweet from someone who just said it was kind of difficult to get a gp appointment and then Mm. like people just went off and i kind of i kind of feel like there's a lot of sensitivity because there was people replying saying oh you know it's hard enough right now dealing with Mm. you know being a gp and then dealing with this stuff too. And so it's almost like you kind of feel like you're, well, I get the impression that you can't really say any anything kind of negative. Because I think, I think it's, it's a really tricky balance because I think the sensitivity is understandable because yeah. GPs have been dragged through it, blamed for a lot in the media. You've got totally. a lot of people out there. You've got GPs getting death threats and having people spraying mm. NHS killers on their walls and, and some really yeah. horrible abuse from the general public. And, and the government stands to benefit from that because... It's not that they're underfunding it. It's that, oh, you know, it's it's part-timers and more women in GP and they work fewer hours and that and that's the problem. But it's yeah. not. It's the fact that the service is underfunded and can no longer meet the demands being placed on it. And that's yeah. why people can't get appointments. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there's sometimes maybe people need to make it clearer that when they say, I'm so frustrated I can't get a GP appointment, they're not saying, I'm so frustrated that I can't get a GP appointment and it's because my GP is lazy and bad at their job. It's the saying, I can't frustrate because I can't get a GP appointment because the funding is so naff and, mm. and because the government's not responding to that massive increase in demand. <laughs> Sorry, I'm okay? some water. I'm about to let... It looks like I'm, I'm crying. I'm just so upset about this. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, I think I've just inhaled some cat hair. Like, oh, no, yeah. God. But it's, it's, not... it's got me emotional. <laughs> um, no, and I, th- I think that's the issue. Maybe the, yeah. the villain isn't clear enough from those tweets. Um, yeah, But I, I appreciate the sensitivity. Um, yeah. Well, we and I can see probably... why some GPs would be upset that there's an implication uh, for, you know, in any tweet that they don't work as hard as other doctors. Well, when we all know, I mean, I, I'd certainly, the impression I get from reading about full-time GPs is that they, they work longer and harder than I do as a medical registrar. Um, mm. And yeah, and I, I think the issue there was that that's not what this chap, whose name I, I won't say because he's gone on private, um, yeah. said. He said, I'm looking forward to having bank holidays off and not having to work nights anymore. I'm excited about that. Um, that that There's the jump to GP is easy and GPs are yeah. lazy. Is you know, that's, that's, stretch, that's been it? implied. It, it's a bit yeah. of a stretch, but it, it probably speaks to an insecurity or, yeah. or a sensitivity rather because of the abuse that they've completely unfairly had. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that segues us nicely to the the royal culprits for this, which is the Tories. And there was a tweet <laughs> from <laughs> Dr. Majay who said, a couple of weeks ago, I was packing my car. A woman walked into my drive. I asked if I could help her. She said, not you, the homeowner. Her tone was unpleasant. I said that it was me. And she looked surprised and irritated, but proceeded to hand me an envelope. She was canvassing for dun, 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 the Tories. So I declined it and returned the letter. Uh, to which he replied, it's for the owner, not the hired help. Hmm. Uh, so this was on April the 2nd. And I, it did make me think, I mean, obviously, like, I hate Tories and stuff. You know, have you ever come across a Tory canvasser? Because I have like a little pantomime idea in my head as to like what I'd do mm. if I ever answered to the, the door to these people. But I've never actually had to do it. And I don't think I probably would do anything, really. But um, I do have some... I'm, I'm just trying to think, I don't think I've come across one. Oh, fair enough. Sometimes they put stuff through our door. And um, I remember recently there was a, um, there's like a, um, I'm not sure what it's called. There's like a centre for homeless people um, that literally has kind of opened up at the end of our road. But I remember before that happened, there were loads of Tory pamphlets coming through our door saying, if you don't want this to happen, you know, um, Mm. vote for the Tories and blah, blah. I was so incensed. I was so incensed. And that was actually one of the reasons I got onto Twitter. In fact, one of my first tweets was tweeting them to say, how do I, like, uh, uh, complaining about that? That's how I got into it. And um, and then they replied being like, it's obvious you have an agenda. And I was like, that's, and it, that incensed me even more because I was like, mate, I was just calling guys pricks. There's no agenda there. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, my agenda is very clear and it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. you guys are pricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, God. I've, I've been lucky enough to, to avoid them directly. Although I do oh, remember <laughs> when I, I did F2 out in Kent, and the, and the Tory, oh very Tory town that, that yeah. I lived in then, that the Conservative Party headquarters was this like palace, <laughs> and the uh, and the Labour Party conf- the Labour Party headquarters. I don't joke was above Pizza Hut, <laughs> so, which I think which is just brilliant. It sort of demonstrated mm. what sort of place it was and, and who held the held the reins of power. So yeah. I, I, there there are two points here. First of all, is 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 that. God, they are so awful. They are so <laughs> relentlessly awful, yeah. and I, I hate them for so many different things. Whether it's whether it's it's just the sheer hypocrisy, the the unwillingness to follow the rules that they're making, the uh, the belief that they can squirrel money away and and find every possible way to avoid paying tax while taking food out of children's mouths. Um, mm. Their their weaponization of of the debate on trans rights to distract from their oh, own yeah. incompetence. There's so many issues um, yeah. that that just infuriate me. But the one that infuriates me the most is the fact that people keep voting for them, yeah. um, and they keep winning. Um, yeah. And even after the last two years of just catastrophe after catastrophe, I don't think anyone thinks that they're going to lose. Like, yeah. what other government could be this incompetent and still even have any chance of re-election? Yeah. You know, that, that you know, the prime minister is under police investigation for, for breaking rules during a pandemic that he catastrophically mismanaged, during which his health secretary resigned for having an affair in the middle of social distancing, you know, when he was partying while people couldn't go to people's funerals. Yeah. And yeah, people are going to walk in a couple of years and say I want that guy to keep on. Like how yeah. how how did I it, sorry, I've got that was a bit of a rant, but I'm no, just, no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm so totally angry you. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's amazing really, isn't it? To kind of it, it kind of I feel like I'm just kind of like a passenger on a bus 
and then you've just got all these people at the wheel just like do, 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 and like you're just kind yeah. of headed, yeah. Yeah, just slowly just kind of like driving through a forest and just banging against trees and they're just like do, 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 and you're like looking out the windows like what the hell like what the hell's yeah. going on but you can't I mean it certainly made me increasingly sceptical about whether democracy is sensible when people <laughs> oh God. are not yeah I think that so, there was something else there I guess that we, we should certainly or I should certainly mention in, hmm. in, in this tweet and that and that is just the um the, the endlessness of racism that, that people have to face every day. Um, you know, just just the even standing in your own driveway, you, you have people coming and, and and refusing to acknowledge that 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 you could be the homeowner. And I am um, I guess that's something that makes me very grateful for Twitter, because speaking as as the uh, the voice of uh, white male privilege, um, <laughs> I, I think it does people talk i think a lot more honestly about their experiences of, mm. of sexism and racism and homophobia on on twitter than often they do in real life yeah and i i actually think just by sort of logging on and listening to people you learn so much about the you know the sexism and racism and and um and just discrimination within the profession let alone outside of it mm. and 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 i think it's a it's a really good tool for educating yourself about just how often people come across these situations just day after day after day yeah fair enough it's interesting i was fine i did i do like that about twitter i have been surprised though i guess from social media and i don't just mean twitter i mean like junior the junior doctors reddit thing do you do you read it i don't go anywhere near it i oh, i'm i excuse, i have time for like one you know I'm I'm monogamous to to Twitter. <laughs> to I, I don't swing. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Oh my gosh. Well, that mean, what does that make me? That makes me like buy or something. But um, I was <laughs> I was on... that doesn't make any no no. But I guess I guess buy would be if you have I don't you know, me? Also, yeah. Oh wow. Can you? That, I can't believe it took this many uh, <laughs> this many uh, this many episodes. Uh, podcast episodes before yeah. this came out. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I was on Reddit first. <laughs> Before I went to Twitter, I, I, there's so many good things about Reddit. Actually, dude, like I mean, there's some really messed up things, um, mm. but there's some really, really good like collaborative community things about certain subreddits. But mm. I was always surprised, I guess, and when um, by the amount of like racism that can be in the Junior Doctors UK thing. And I think there, yeah. I think there is more of it there because they're anonymous. And if I've ever mentioned it on Twitter, you always get some people like, "Oh, really? I hadn't seen that." And I'm like. Oh, Oh, okay, you haven't seen it, so all right, what do you want me to do? Like, it doesn't exist. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I had a few replies like that, and I was like, oh, okay, fine, no, I'm just not, can't be asked. But um, I, yeah, you're right. Like, I think uh, Twitter is great for kind of seeing lots of different kind of op- opinions and things. But it, do- I have still been shocked by su- by some people coming out on Maine mm. with some crazy stuff. So uh, there was a t- there was some stuff from Doctor Paul Jepsen. It's still there. It's not been deleted, which seems bonkers. To I, me, I really. can't believe it. I mean. Part of me is uh, all credit to someone who uh, <laughs> has this appalling an opinion and, and just says, "I'm out. gonna, I'm gonna stick to this." Yeah. Um, so this is this has been there since the fourth of April, and it's got. I mean, look at this. Look at the numbers, man. The actual raw numbers: six hundred and sixty-eight quote tweets. That can never be good when you've been quoted tweeting. No. Unless it's like favorite. How, how many likes? One hundred twenty-six, though. That's scary. I always, but, I mean, do you ever do you ever have, see these awful tweets and you like have a look through to see who liked it exactly. and and often yeah. it's often it's it's some of them have like really sinister accounts of, yeah. of locked onto it particularly yeah. some of the racist stuff you yeah. anyone who's got like a you know a, a knight in a St George's yeah. uh, yeah. 
yeah. yeah anyone who's got that in their profile pic is yeah. is next level racist yeah, um yeah. and if you're getting likes from those kind of people you you've you've waded into you're a bad person yeah, yeah essentially so, th- so this tweet this is the um it's not my patient's fault they're fat and stupid tweet yeah so it goes going over some of my tweets and i can see how it might look like i'm blaming my patients for overusing the uk and then it goes on to blame those patients by saying i wanted to be clear that i'm not and it goes it's generally not their fault that they're obese uneducated lack social support and have unrealistic expectations of healthcare. i mean that sounds quite blamey to me uh, it, it does sound very very blamey and i think um it's impossible to uh, i think it's impossible to provide good health care without also providing good health education and I think in general, I, th- I think we could teach people a lot more. And I'm not saying we need to go in and, and give them all certain people's diet books in school and, you know, <laughs> right. teach them that they need to eat less sugar, or, you know. But I think actually educating people on, on red flag symptoms and when you need to see a doctor and signposting people as to what services they should use, all, all of that's really important. Um, and yes, we have to do something about you know the explosion in in obesity but that tweet just i don't know if it was just worded horribly i don't know the guy um but but i just can't imagine that anyone could get their point so garbled it's true i mean i saw it i think um so i got it sent to me you know as it is i have i have eyes and mm. people everywhere and so i said the same thing actually. you're not meant and... to talk about the assassin whatsapp oh group. god okay yeah first, that's rule, first rule the pile on whatsapp groups wait the fact that you know about. the rule though oh my god but um <laughs> i went through that person's feed and it was utter utter bilge mate it was just yeah you've got so much responsibility yeah. as someone who just is a doctor yeah. regardless of what sort of doctor you are yeah. To use it that way, I think you don't That's... you don't have any expertise in this. You're yeah, you're just true. saying this because you've you've got a political axe to grind. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's how I feel about Pretty Patel, actually. You know, like with her like her attitude to kind of migrants and stuff. Because people yeah. are like you, but, but she's she's brown. I'm like, oh my god. <sighs> That's how I feel about it. The same way. Um, but so, I, I, I mean, mean, I don't don't I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I will. I will probably break my laptop yeah, in she's fury. Awful. She's awful, and, but, and and then break everything else in my house. It'll be have to talk about <laughs> Rishi Sunak. So. Yeah, 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 fair enough. But like they, um, I think this person's probably a bot. Uh, that's how I kind of like go to sleep at night. I'm like, I to me, they're not a doctor. I think they're probably just. Uh, I mean, like, I, I can't. Do you think someone's anything. programmed? Do you think someone's programmed a bot just to say stuff that will upset us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Who would say? Who would? Who would create such a thing? I have my theories. I don't know. Maybe it was. It was designed to be good, and then it went bad in the lab. <laughs> or, or maybe. Um. Or maybe you know, the tech priest was separated at birth from an evil oh, twin. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, like yin that's and yang. Totally possible. Yeah. Wow. That's quite an origin story. How it ends up. So I imagine. So it, ha- it has. To, that story has to end somehow. Like with them like facing off, right? I, I think basically it will, it will be that he'll be like shoot me or you know shoot the other one and oh, you know oh yeah but yeah, then we're like we don't I, know who Tech Priest is and they'll be like no 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 I'm exactly. just like oh gosh yeah, exactly right. yeah that's that's uh, I think uh, Med Twitter needs more soap opera showdowns yeah that's know. true <laughs> yeah like someone has to have a baby and, and no one knows who the father is oh god like hauled in yeah. yeah oh my god we did have that didn't we not well I mean was, I think that was like a year I mean I say not long ago but it was probably about a year ago. And that was where, you know, the financier person and all that. Oh, what? Who wasn't really a doctor? Yeah. yeah I say financier was, um... person, but yeah. 
that was um that was bizarre like that yeah. was complete i think it's i think it's really difficult because i mean i know i know i've i've made friends from med twitter and i know how hmm. you have too hmm. um and it's it's really easy to assume that people are who they say they are um and you know these interactions i i don't think before i was before I was on Twitter, I don't think I could have interactions that meant that much to me or seemed yeah. so real online. Mm. Um, but genuinely, I've I real real affection for for you and and everybody else oh, I interact with regularly. Yeah. You know, and I I think that puts you in such a vulnerable position. And that True. I think what was so shocking was that this guy had come in and and for those of you who don't remember, there was a guy who said he was a doctor and was you know chatting to lots of people and 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 you know, was was a part of our little weird community. And then it turned out he wasn't a doctor at all. And yeah. I think it really shocked and upset a lot of people because, as I said, a lot of people... Uh, saying people take med Twitter seriously makes it sound a little bit pathetic. But, you know, pe- people yeah. enjoy it and, and have meaningful relationships that form. And when one of those relationships turns out to be based on a lie, I think yeah. that probably would hurt. Yeah, you know, yeah, like if I found out that you had a special interest in heart failure, not intervention, <laughs> that would... I yeah, completely changed my world for you. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Wait, you know, so like next week, I actually have to I have to do an interview uh, to mm-hmm. subspecialize. So like, um, because you know I, they, they do it in London, they're bringing it to East of England. So um, mm-hmm. I could conceivably not do inter- They could say actually you can't do intervention, and I, so yeah, you're like, so bad. You so mate. much of a brand that's been built up. Exactly. I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> what would I do, mate? How would I even they introduce know. the podcast? <laughs> You'd be like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Therisha. I'm done with this. Okay, I'm done with it. Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, that, is, that, is that stressful? That, that so, I'm really stressed about it. To? I'm really stressed about can it. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite popular. And so that, people keep telling me, like, um, I was speaking to a kind of like a mentor figure today. And he said, are you taking it seriously? And I'm like, yes. And he was like, you know, you do need to really practice and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. And so I'm really stressed. Do you do you remember how stressed you were about your med school interview? Yeah. If you if someone had told you like years later there will still be these hoops to jump through. Yeah, I wouldn't have believed. I oh, I don't know. It's, it's it's crazy. Like I think it is worth it, but it, <laughs> just, it just there's always so many. It's crazy, isn't it? Because mm. I'm an old man and I'm still worrying about silly things like this. He was like, oh, you know, you should dress smart. It's so it's on Zoom. He's like, you should dress smartly mm-hmm. though. I'm like, okay, yeah. He's like, you know, you don't have to wear a suit. But maybe wear a shirt. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. And he's just like saying stuff, and he's like, and then he started to like ask me questions, like, oh, and he's like, have you prepared? And I was like, oh, I haven't prepared yet. You know, I've still got you know a little bit of time. It was very stressful. I'm stressed. So uh, you you don't have to wear smart from the waist down. You just wear... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should I? So sh- is that do you, is that whole thing, isn't it, about imagining people in their underwear? Is it? Does it work the other way, where you, if you're in your underwear... Imagine I'm... I know I'm in my underwear, but to make this more comfortable, you know, imagine that I'm wearing a suit. Um, do they ask you... Because this, this came up, this was uh, Mel Street asking, are they going to ask you what your biggest weakness is? Yeah, and literally somebody asked me that as well. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah, I think I'd struggle with that one, because I, I remember that, learning that for training number interviews and then being like oh i worked no is it worked what did i i think i I worked too hard hard. i care i care (laughs) too too much much. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm too kind. I'm too be kind. Yeah. What would you? What was? What is your answer to that? Do you have a? Do you have a good so one? I, Maybe I don't I have like a learn. formatted interview because I've got. I'm. I'm still like a good two three years away from consulting interviews. So I, I'm just. I. I didn't even engage with Mel's thread. I said to you earlier, it just stressed me yeah. out too much. Yeah. But enough. if I had to give an honestly, it'd be that I'm so desperate for other people's approval. Uh, a fact that will shock you know the the people <laughs> who, who see me constantly posting twitter things just to get likes like yeah, yeah. i need that serotonin um yeah. but it's actually it, that it genuinely is really difficult because i'm constantly like oh how do i impress this person or how do i make mm. this person like me or how do i make this person think i'm a good doctor and it's it's like emotionally exhausting yeah totally. and it got really tricky actually um when i uh when i became a dad because um as i'm sure you're aware Kids never tell you that you're doing a good job. <laughs> you know, yeah. the baby never turns around and says, oh, you know, really good day today. Well done. I'll see you tomorrow and we'll give it another <laughs> go. Like, there's never yeah. any feedback where they're like, oh, you know, you, uh, you're, you're, you're quite good at blowing raspberries on my tummy. But what, <laughs> what I'd like you to do is, is, uh, is tickle me a little bit more. Like, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. No, there's, no, there's none of that feedback structure. And actually, um, I really struggle with that having kids because I was like, I've, there's no, there's, I was so used to just, through school and, and university and, and at work, trying to find ways to like make people give me good feedback, like pat on the head, teacher's pet bullshit. Then when I had a kid, you've got no, all bets are off. Um, and I, th- I wonder if that'll probably make me better when I do come to my consultant interview, because you know, you know, I don't think you get much praise as a consultant. You know, the F1 never turns around and says, great ward rounds, Dr. Ferguson, I, I really enjoyed it. Like they just, they didn't, they, unless they want a sign off, then maybe they're sucking up to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think people laugh more at consultants. I think laugh more at your jokes, don't they? If you're a consultant, I reckon. Um, you see it happen, don't you? Like, Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, I, I could do. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd take it. I'd love it. But I think one thing that might happen, or I definitely have found it has happened to me a bit more, is is that I think I probably care a little bit less. So what? I mean, I still do. I mean, my valid. I mean, I'm on Twitter loads, obviously as well. And mm. so, like a lot of what you said totally resonates with me. Like I feel, I'm exactly the same, always seeking validation. But I do find that at work, anyway, I do find that when I've been belittled, which obviously still happens a lot, um, I kind of care a tiny bit less because, at the like, I know that I'm a far like I've got. I've got other shit that's kind of slightly more important. Mm. And so I do think that, but, um, and I think, but the thing about being a dad and not getting much feedback here is so difficult. I think as Lily's gotten older, like um, she, she's kind of, um, there's obviously feedback in, in the way that she behaves, but sometimes it can go mm. a horrible other way. So today, so I was, I was on call the last, um, last two days. So I've, I've got my off day today. And so Joe thought it'd be nice for me to take Lily to school. And because, you know, she's been taking Lily to school for, you know, because what with me being at work far away <laughs> never ever happens. And so I took Lily, Lily cried at the idea of me taking her to school. And I was like, mate, literally, it's only a 10 minute walk. Like, you just have to hold my hand for a little bit and then it'll be fine. Mm. She cried the entire way there. And I was just oh. like, oh, mate. And what could, and I was like, oh, but she takes you to school every day. It's just today. I thought it'd be nice because I didn't see you for like the last two days. Mm. Literally didn't see you. I saw you asleep in bed. And she's like, yeah, but I want mama. I was like, oh. So, but and I, th- I, th- I think that's tough though, as as a as as modern men, which we are. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that, and I I didn't realize how much like toxic masculinity I'd coded into myself until I became mm. a dad, and I realized it's like you you I was it was like I meant to be like the emotional rock and the and the and the breadwinner, and you know I I don't have any of the like physical you know side of things to contribute because you know that's that's all maternal that's all that's all motherhood the feeding mm. the the actual giving birth the carrying the baby 
and I, I really struggled that initially, like figuring out what my role was yeah. when, you know, the, the baby wants mum, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I appreciate this isn't about, about med Twitter. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah, I see this as therapy. Yeah, yeah, fair This enough. is therapy for me. It's helping. It's helping me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely helping. <laughs> but I, 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 do, I do think that's, I, I can't imagine that's, that's an uncommon thing for dads figuring out, well, what's my role here? You know, what, what? What am I doing? And that's yeah. certainly something. I mean, my, my uh, Cassie's only six months, so I'm, I am, I am still an F one dad. No, you know, I don't <laughs> know if really you consider well. yourself an SHO yet. Um, yeah. Well, you're meeting your, uh, um, you're meeting your, uh, your, your achievements are meeting the requirements for satisfaction. Expectations for my yeah. level of that, that, level that's of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going, oh, I'm going for my, uh, my midpoint review with the baby tomorrow. <laughs> oh right. And she's, yeah. She says I, she says I need a few more eight cats. Oh man. Otherwise, I'm. God. I don't know if that's triggering for you as it is for me. I'm just it having is. like ARCP dread lingering yeah. in the background. I got sent an email about my ARCP in June today and so I was like right okay so I sent off a few CBDs but yeah yeah just wait for them to come back but at least <laughs> at least we don't have to do OSCEs before we start a new job oh yes that's a nice segue love it love it so this is referencing a tweet from oh it's been deleted oh no they they um I think they might have gone into restricted but essentially someone started a job somewhere where they're told that they had to do an OSCE local to where they're going to be working prior to starting working a pre-employment OSCE mm. that's bonkers isn't it why? I mean, that's mad. Yeah. Do we need more exams anyway? No, but I, I also think it's it's unnecessary. It's stressful. It's difficult enough starting a new job. And we've seen, I appreciate this is this is a recurring theme from a podcast podcast point of view at this point, but this this particular generations of F1 have, have been through yeah. a hell of a lot. Um, all, you know, having their entire undergraduate medical education disrupted due to COVID. Yeah. And then hundreds of them not getting... A foundation job yeah, yeah i just think give people a break yeah. just make well, it a bit easier to start the profession and doing the f- and start doing the fun bit of actually doing the job yeah um because i well, just think we're, we're creating a generation of people who are already fed up by the time they start exactly they don't need okay. another exam that's definitely not what they need it's bonkers um but there was a kind of on the other side of it there was a tweet from um uh, Kent Delay, who said, "Doctors, ten years after you retire, so on the flip side, almost no one at your hospital would remember who you are." Mm. Isn't that like interesting? Like how much you have to invest in your career, and then I guess it was kind of an interesting way to think. Like, I mean, do we have a right to feel like we should be remembered? But I thought it was interesting to say, "No, no one at your hospital will remember who you are." At best, you'll come up in an occasional story of an old timer. I think it was framed as a way to kind of give perspective. It's sad. It's it's sad in a way that the idea that all of us are, are transient. But I say to people, you can love medicine, but medicine will never love you back. And I, I think that's where people really run into trouble with it. Is 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 not realizing that that yeah, you're expendable and you can have a great time, but you've yeah. you've got to remember that you and your family are, are more important um, yeah. than than trying to build a legacy because that's just not going to happen. True. Um, I mean, God, you know. It, you just got to look at poor Russell, who I have no doubt is an excellent, you know, emergency <laughs> medicine physician. Yeah. And he, you know, I know he, what you're going to say. Wherever he goes, people just yell at him that he fell in the canal. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, it's gonna be that. you never know what's going to be your thing that you're so remembered true. for. Yeah. Um, what would you, if you, if you could choose what you'd be remembered for, what would you choose? So I think, I've been thinking about this a lot recently as, as mm. someone who's very generalist in their, you know, I'm an acute medic. I don't have a, 
an ology after my name. I'm not weirdly obsessed with one organ like you people. <laughs> um, I think I th- I think I just like to be someone who made life genuinely better for for the trainees uh, for the junior doctors who who work with me as a consultant. I'd that's that's what I'd like. Mm. And and I think um, some people think that that just means oh buying coffee and things like that but i think you really mm. have to ensure that the actual structural changes and the culture of the place you're working is actually receptive to people having a good time working mm. and that goes not just to teaching and training but through rotors and through challenging bullying cultures yeah you know through making sure that you know people really feel welcomed when they show up to work because it's a very different generation even like you and me are not ancient <laughs> but the their medical students it. yeah uh well <laughs> i uh i feel tired in my bones but that's, <laughs> that's that's babies for you yeah. i th- i think the the generation of medical students who are coming through now the the way that they're willing to to call out seniors bullshit on on twitter yeah you know and, awesome, and, and saying no we're not going to stand for this we're not going to put up with this toxicity we we want to detoxify medicine mm. is um is amazing and, yeah. and i think if you can make people like that welcome and and make medicine just a generally nicer place hmm. i think it's better i don't know how, how you feel but I, I think it's start it's a bit better than it was when i first started medical school yeah I in terms of its that. attitude towards certain things certainly hmm. you didn't talk about mental health when i was in my first year of medical school like people having mental health problems it was it was hmm. really taboo and i think people are a lot more forthright about that now and i think that's great yeah definitely um, i have a lot of hope I feel like Zoomers will come along and their voting patterns and just their general behaviour, I think mm. they will change things. And so I Either hope... that or we'll all just become Tories when we get older. Yeah. Like, you know. I don't think that... You uh, and me will be sharing tips on how to avoid tax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be living in like Panama or something or wherever it is where they like <laughs> <laughs> money and just on our boats and uh, mm. just and stealing money from, I don't know. But I do think, I hope our relationship with with them will be better than Boomers is with Millennials because that's just... It's horrendous, isn't it? And but I do think yeah. that whole idea that kind of people become Tories as they get older, I think that's based on the kind of idea that people's lives get better as they get older. But that kind of seems to <laughs> that's just... not going to happen for us. <laughs> no. So um, uh, eventually, seems... <laughs> eventually, the boomers will have accumulated so much of of, of the country's wealth that yeah. that their voting advantage will be lost because yeah. there'll be none left yeah, over exactly. for anybody else. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, God. Anyway, speaking of like, oh, well, I did want to ask, you know, the hospital that you're at. So in Norwich, they have names, just speaking of legacies anyway, um, they have consultants. You know, when you become a consultant, they put you on a board. There's like a board with all mm, the consultants' okay. names. That's quite nice. Yeah. And so like, if you look on those boards, you can see, like, I don't know, it, uh, looking at how far back it goes, I can see that there's some in the 1940s. I can't, I'm not sure if they're, mm. but um I quite like the idea of my na- my really long name going on a board because then it'd be like, oh, at least there's some posterity there. Um, do you have that? I've seen it in some hospitals. Do you have it at yours? I've I've yeah, not seen know. that in in mine. Um, I uh, I know that we've got a uh, a painting of of Captain Tom when you walk in through the main entrance, no which um, oh, I know. Yeah, oh, so it's um, uh, that's problematic now. Isn't uh, it? No, no, I am. Um, I don't think we've got anything like that, but I do agree that that's a nice that's that's a nice thing that you, your your name is at least somewhere and that you've you've contributed something. Um, but it's I, I I think I think the tweet that we were talking about is is basically just to say don't 
put everything you have into a job because even if you leave that department thinking I really you know I have defined that department you know I mean junior doctors rotate around every four months so the F1s who are working there the day after you leave will have no idea who the fuck you are oh Mm. language um (laughs) yeah I think that's I think that's you know, I, th- I think it's meant to put it into context. Um, yeah, yeah. But maybe sure. uh, thinking back to the last week, maybe people would remember you if you stormed down to their recess room and said you could do the job better. Yeah. Or if yeah. you berated your, pa- you know, patients for being fat and stupid. Yeah. Now, maybe I mean. all of maybe all of the terrible takes we've seen this week are just uh, are just a shot at immortality. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, oh, fair, yeah. That does put a different spin on it. But that that kind of like um, leads on quite nicely to. Um, a thread from Roshana, well, not a thread, but a tweet from her, mm. where she talks about um, mistakes. So she's quote tweeting someone who says, The mental side of dealing with surgical complications rem- remains a taboo subject. Isn't it time we address this as an integral skill set for surgeons of all grades? And um, I, about, I guess it made me think about mistakes or things that happen at work that you end up taking home and, you know, the, that kind of that cloud that surrounds you. Um, mm. Do you have any experiences to share? So it's um, it's interesting because it does link to some of the other discourse on on Twitter this week. Um, that I had an experience during one of my first runs of nights as a medical registrar, where um, I felt really like undermined and really really bullied actually by um by one of the uh, critical care doctors, which which I should say just in case anyone thinks that I'm I'm casting aspersions on an entire profession is <laughs> is a fairly isolated case in in a sea of otherwise delightful interactions I've had with this particular specialty um but but that whole interaction that that probably I hadn't handled the case in front of me as well as I could have done but I think that that's almost in retrospect like I think I was doing the best that I could and needed a little bit of extra help and I asked for that extra help but I think I should have, I, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty, but I, I needed to have pushed a little bit harder and I needed to have, have, have dealt with it in a slightly different way. Um, and the whole thing just left me feeling really, really rotten inside, like like really just deeply upset about the whole situation. But actually the support that I got from from my bosses and from actually the A&E bosses who were on, was was really genuinely supportive and and helpful and and insightful and and kind, for lack of a better word, and it really helped me like process it as as an, an experience I had to learn from, but one that I didn't need to, you know, go away being really really upset about. Um, and I think when people do make errors or don't deal with a situation or, or come across a clinical or interpersonal situation that really messes them up. They sort of need that support. And I don't think it's always available. I think I got very lucky in that situation where something fairly diabolical had happened, that that support was there and it seemed unconditional and it seemed unlimited and, and just available to me. Um, and I think particularly when you get to the registrar level and you're starting to do things independently and you're there alone in a hospital without a boss looking over your shoulder, um, you need to know that that backup's going to be there. Um, hmm. do, do you think... Do you need to know that there's a framework, you know? 
Yeah, fair enough. I mean, do you think those reflections, I mean, those reflections sound really kind in a sense that like having this kind of whole thing about, oh, I needed to like push harder. Like, I mean, there's like a scenario that's kind of occurring and there's like an assessment that you can make of that situation. I think the kind of having to push to a certain level seems a bit bonkers though, doesn't it? Like... I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it does. I, I, I don't necessarily think I was the villain of the entire piece. So there are always two stories to, to every uh, situation. And that's why I'm not being as, as forthcoming about the exact details as I would be, say, if we were talking off recording. But but I I, I think for, for me, it was the fact that, you know, I, I think the outcome would have been very different if I stepped up and, and been willing to really challenge someone who I was intimidated by. Yeah, fair um, enough. And and that spoke to a lot of my insecurities and and just you know just my personality. And and I I think I I just think sometimes when you find yourself in a really horrible situation for whatever reason, you need someone who's gonna who's gonna support you and also help you find the way out. Um, yeah. And help you learn from it and move on. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't think that's always available. And I think yeah, often, actually, particularly when you've made a mistake or caused, you know, caused a complication. Hmm. Um, if if actually you feel like you're being blamed or questioned or undermined or judged unfairly, I think that could be incredibly damaging, not hmm. just in the in the there and now, but for possibly a long time afterwards. Yeah, well, you mentioned, didn't you, uh, something you'd learnt from your your master's about the importance of those kind of formative experiences. Yeah, I mean, I, so um, I, my current... I, I, I put research in quotations, um, but my, my research interest is in, is in professional transitions and how people go from being a junior to being a registrar. Um, and it seems like a really big step is, you know, this first error or this, or this, this first unpleasant experience or the first thing that that doesn't just go not quite to plan, but goes actively badly. Um, mm. And the support that's available to people can have such a huge impact on the way that they move on to the, to the next step in their career. And I, I don't know if you've had any, any situations where that support was either great or just not there. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, I've had kind of, I've, there have been situations where I've had bad experiences, you know, with kind of, I guess, um, patients who have not done well, but also kind of complications doing procedures. And um, I remember one kind of speaking to one particularly senior colleague who said something along the lines of like, the more procedures you, the only person who doesn't have complications is someone who doesn't do any procedures. That's the only person who doesn't, mm. it happens to everyone. And he said, that's just like the nature of what you do. And that's not the reflection of you your, your skill um it's it's something that kind of happens and I think in a way there's some comfort in it but I I can't I couldn't help but feel a sense of responsibility and I think it's quite difficult to kind of have that mm. go away um I did find that having other people say oh actually that's happened this has happened that and like uh, rec- um recall the exact situation happening in them I guess um, makes me feel a bit better mm. because I guess then you're like well it happens to other people who I respect and look up to and you know so I guess then it can't be all that bad but it's really difficult and I don't think um, one of the things I remember um, in our registrar whatsapp group was someone deciding to banter another registrar about a complication they'd had in the kind of group whatsapp 
And um, mm. I remember like replying, being like, dude, like, that's not cool. Like, why are you saying that about this person? And then he he took issue to the fact that I called him dude. And I was like, what even? Oh, what's well, even going on? That's, that's always so the death of a, <laughs> of, of, of a reasonable discussion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I think the... I think people joke about things like that to feel a bit better, but then mm. they're not expecting other people to chime in on the joke. Like if you say, yeah. oh, you know, I'm so, well, you wouldn't want to ask me because I always have complications. You know, if you sort of, you know, make light of it almost as a self-deprecating humour to, you know, almost to process it. And then someone else is like, yeah, I wouldn't want you doing it because you're bad at your <laughs> job. Then you're like, hey, like, hey, actually yeah. the line is, you know, I, I I can make fun of me. I don't want you to make fun of me. Um, I um, yeah. I I I think sometimes we can be our own worst enemies because sometimes what you want from that is is the support of your your peers as well. Mm. Um, and if that isn't available, or if you feel that people are talking about you behind your back, or 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 just waiting to pounce and and mock you or look down on you, then I just think it's it's not just the making mistakes; it's the constant fear of making a mistake that really gets you do you know i feel like though within medicine there isn't there's a real kind of lack of positive feedback there's like but and so then you can kind of feel like you're coasting 100%. Like, yeah and then and then one thing bad happens and then use that to kind of calibrate your self-worth thing. i think mm. again this is something i think about a lot i think people think good people know they're good yeah. You know, I think people say, oh, why would mm. I, you know, you know, they know they're good at their job or they, they know that they're, you know, an awesome registrar or an awesome consultant or an awesome F1. I don't need to tell them that. Um, or even I think like why I'm I'm just like the random acute med reg. Why would anyone respect my opinion um, enough to, to care if I gave them positive feedback? Uh, and actually, um, I mean, I am. Um, I don't want to be like uh, one of these people who's like, oh, I'm so great. Look at what I did. But I, I gave, um, <laughs> I did actually put in writing not that long ago to one of, to one of our, tra- you know, F1s who'd just done something. They'd done something that I thought was great and really helpful mm. and not necessarily within their job remit. So I sent them an email being like, just so you know, I, I think this is brilliant. And they were oh, really nice. like excited to get that feedback. And I was like, surely you must know that you're good. And they, no one had told them, <laughs> you mm. know? And, and I think that's really true. And often... Mm. You know, sometimes consultants will say to me, "Oh, that that F one's really brilliant, aren't they?" And I'm like, "Well, have you told them?" Told them, yeah. yeah and yeah. and I I think sometimes we we could all do to be a little bit more um, forthcoming in our in our praise of people, particularly if they're more junior than us, because I don't think it. No one's ever like, "Oh, that," uh, you know, I didn't want to hear that, or yeah, you know, yeah, totally. This is really give, awkward. I don't give a crap what you think of me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. people like having that kind of yeah. So I, th- I think, think we could all go, you know, we should all go away and tell that. people we love them. Yeah, just you know, go and give yeah. them a hug. <laughs> <laughs> but do you find I find that when they're good, I mean, um... they get asked to do more stuff though. That's what happens, and yeah. then they end up feeling terrible because they're like, do they get more? Because they're like, oh, that person will sort it out, and then they get everything. You want something doing? Ask a busy person. Yeah, it's um, it it is a paradox. Um, but I think I think you're right. If people just gave more positive feedback, I think everyone's training experience would be a lot better. A lot better. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. We're kind of moving on to some kind of feedback that I thought was perhaps slightly unwelcome. It's since been deleted now, but there was a tweet uh, implying Mm -hmm. that calls from the hospital um, that perhaps found it difficult to get through might just was a bit suspicious. (laughs) 
and that got deleted. Um, and I mean, there's some like interesting takes which were like along the like, well, or kind of explanations. Like sometimes I've had that happen where I've tried to call the patient up, but it's um, for whatever reason that their phone won't accept the hospital. But fortunately, they've had like a few different telephone numbers and whatever. Um, but uh, I just thought it's interesting to kind of to like jump to that conclusion, like oh, the hospital mm. couldn't get in, uh, in contact with this people, these people, but I can. So what's the it's, problem? Um, yeah, I uh, I I think the problem is as well is that you're not gonna. I don't know if there's an official policy on how many times you should phone someone, but it's like someone doesn't DNA the clinic and they get like a phone call every hour for the next week just to make absolutely <laughs> certain. And I'll tell yeah. you what, I think millennials don't answer their phones yeah, ever. That's true. Like if yeah, we could yeah. send them like a WhatsApp or you know slide into their Instagram DMs, then we, <laughs> I'm sure we'd have better luck. But that's true. You know, there's just uh, no one picks up the phone because you could have to talk to someone, which is we're aware is is for people it's who awful. grew up in the internet age, having to have yeah. a conversation with someone is 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 the greatest it's fear. Awful. It's it yeah. keeps me up at night. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I, I think it's really easy to. Um, to, to assume assume people's motivations and, and think that yeah. people are out to get you and actually it's 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 more often an, an omission or a system problem or an error or just something yeah. that someone had never really think thought about um although when you're stressed i appreciate that all goes out the window because when i'm stressed i assume that you know all of the any shos <laughs> are sitting there conspiring to to Make you know give trouble. me as many referrals as they possibly can um yeah yeah you know yeah, the, the, someone's going around the neighborhood just you know shoving people over so they get <laughs> just to hurt me yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. it's 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 i think um it's really easy when you're stressed to start to assume people's motives when they're just not there yeah definitely definitely it's um i think it's it kind of leads on there was this interesting thread this isn't really med twitter related sorry about that but it's from someone who i think he ne- he needs more followers he's only got 552.5 thousand um his <laughs> name's sahel bloom and he did a little thread which was quite cool. You talk, oh, so the, one of the first one of the first kind of tweets in the thread was the fundamental attribution error. We said humans tend to attribute someone else's actions to their character and not to the situation or context. Um, but then we attribute our actions to our situation and context and not to our character. We cut ourselves a break but hold others accountable. I thought it was interesting. Um, I think it's so true about the situation because it's really easy when you've just had like three referrals from A&E in quick succession and you're quite stressed and the list is building up to think, oh, why aren't they sending anyone home? And and actually, when you look at the statistics, you realise that that doctor saw like 20 patients and referred one of them. So, you know, your your assumption about them wanting to just admit people or having a really low risk tolerance is actually completely bogus. Um, So I, I think you're, you know, I think actually it's not just their setting. You make it based on your own emotional state and how stressed you are you will make completely mad assumptions that just don't hold out yeah fair enough there's some really interesting ones actually there's a the spotlight effect humans overestimate the degree to which other people are noticing or observing our appearance or actions this keeps people from being themselves due to That's an irrational so fear yeah um do you know what yeah. that one always reminds me of because this guy has some really interesting threads that one always reminds me of the fact that you know when you're a medical student and you mm. came onto the war and you just felt really awkward, like you were out of place, like everyone yeah. just noticed how awkward you were. And then you realised no one even noticed that you were there because they were too <laughs> busy with their own shit. You know, the yeah, nurses yeah. had drug grounds to do, you know, the doctors were writing 
discharge summaries. No one was even paying attention to you. And actually, if you'd walked strutted in there and just stood by the wall and looked cool, still no one would notice you. <laughs> no, Instead, yeah, you're yeah. there like, everyone's looking at me. I feel so awkward. I hate this. And actually, yeah, I'd say this guy's done a few threads like this and, and it, it, every one of them just blows my mind. Yeah, they're really good. What do you think about his ratio, though? I pointed this out to you before. I'm always a bit suspicious of people who <laughs> if only... Fo- so he only follows 94 people. So he's just got output mm. and very little input. How do you... F- do you- or is it, just, is it just me who feels irrationally angry when people do that? I mean, what we should do is, if, if someone wants to do this, I'd be really impressed, is just go around the... Uh, you know, all of the sort of <laughs> med Twitter main characters and calculate their followers. <laughs> the ratio ratio to see who's really having meaningful interactions with people i think everyone's driven because you want to like curate your timeline a lot and i i oh yeah i'm I'm not big on blocking but i do unfollow people if i'm like oh your nonsense is just so wearisome and i don't want to see it every day (laughs) um and and there are you know people out there who are yeah i mean obviously they didn't then just get retweeted into your timeline um yeah yeah, i guess that guy just does those 94 people and those are the people that he wants to see yeah how do you feel do, do you think, <laughs> yeah, it's true, but do you think, you know, when you unfollow someone, I'm so awkward about it. Sometimes I worry that they might notice that I've unfollowed them. This is how, this is how important I think I must think that I am in their lives. So sometimes there are people that I've followed that I've muted because I'm like, oh, mm. rather than unfollowing them, I'm like, oh, I'll just mute them instead. Do you think that's, is that weird? I don't know. Have you I'm ever done that? I'm always really curious because occasionally, I've occasionally noticed that someone's unfollowed me. Um, mm every now and then like yeah. you know someone yeah, maybe i used to work with and i'm oh, like okay. i wonder what tweet did it i wonder yeah, is it that true. i tweet too much are they like yeah. you know zach maybe like one in five of your jokes is funny but like you know <laughs> i don't want to have to see the other four I, 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 that's what i'm curious about is what was it that pushed you over the edge um yeah uh i guess uh like it would really upset <laughs> me if if you know i just logged on tomorrow and everyone you know like why is why has Phil Lee unfollowed me? Um, oh God, can you imagine? Yeah. What did I do? Um, please, yeah. I mean, still do my ACAP, but like, you know, also, you know, re-follow me. I am, um, yeah. I, I, I agree, there's this slight awkwardness about it. It's the same as, I remember um, getting to like my third year of uni and someone I used to live with in halls had like unfriended me on Facebook. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't. And they were clearly just like clearing up their their thing, and I was like, right. "Oh, I'm I'm really upset. I thought we were really close." And then I realised I hadn't spoken to them in like three years, and that's oh, probably right. why. Um, so I think it's 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 a potential political <laughs> minefield. Yeah. Also, I'm like, whatever you want to see when you open up your phone and flick through it when you're on the toilet on the bus. That's that's you know to you, you deserve there. to see the things that you really really want to see. Yeah, um, fair enough. Gosh, yeah, you're bringing the balance. It's good. I like it. So, can you can you put a positive spin spin on this advert? So there's this tw- so a tweet from James Tickham. He talked about um, a posted advert on the NHS jobs, and it was about a midwife appointment. And I guess the interesting thing is that uh, it goes: We are seeking a highly motivated midwife who is committed to the philosophy of normal birth. Dot dot dot. These teams are staffed by passionate, normality focused wives. Normality, that rings funny. Mm. do you think i um so I'm, i see we're getting i mean that so putting the rest of the podcast behind because it's another three <laughs> hours to talk about this 
Uh, a, a caveat that neither one of us are obstetricians, I guess. No. And I, I don't have the expertise to talk about this. From, from my own personal experience, well, twofold. First of all, in view of the, the sort of recent um, inquiry that, that found that a, um, an, a focus on normality and an unwillingness to... Um, to perform c-sections led to you know uh led to babies dying at one hospital trust i think putting out an advert that talks so much about normality is um is 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 really ignorant of the findings of that inquiry and and also really ignorant of the public mood speaking from my own personal experience i, I think um you know i mean at my my daughter cassie was born by elective c-section that for reasons that I won't share on the podcast, that's just what happened to work for us. We had a really, really positive experience um, and an amazing team at, at Queen Charlotte's Hospital who I will be eternally grateful for because they were just brilliant. Um, but I, I have friends who've had negative experiences and I just think it's it's all about what what someone wants their their childbirth experience to be and and doing that in a in a safe and evidence-based way and if mm. you've got a a normality focus i would just worry that you would give you first of all you you would look down your nose at someone who has chosen to go down a more medical route for whatever yeah. reason um mm. but also that you would avoid doing medical things when medical things could potentially be life-saving um and that's just my outlook as a, as a non- obstetrician so i think there's a lot there that i don't like the sound or the smell of um, yeah it's worded i mean it just kind of it gives off bad vibes i think is the kind of it gives off massive bad vibes because because what is normality you know um you know if, if if you're going if that's like just being as natural as possible um then then what's natural natural is incredibly high sort of maternal neonatal death rates it's 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 not having any medication it's not having antibiotics you know what do you mean by that um and i've heard about you know even you know people looking down their nose at people who've had epidurals during during oh really oh god yeah and I, i i i just think that I'm I'm saying this as a as a man who cannot and will never give birth to a baby and is still in awe of 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 the fact that my wife was able to do it. Any you know that 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 you know women go through this. It's just yeah. not something I can comprehend or something I should really be talking about. So at <laughs> such length. Um, <laughs> no, but I, think... I I, I yeah. don't. It, it sits really pretty unpleasantly with me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Fair enough. I mean. Okay. I mean, let's be honest though. If if men had to, it'd be different if men had to give baby a good birth, wouldn't it? It'd just be so oh, different. Oh my god, it would be. So my wife, two days post C-section, was sent home with like paracetamol and ibuprofen. I suppose if men, if if men <laughs> gave birth, <laughs> yeah, if men had C-sections, they'd be sent home with like two bottles of Oromorph and just be like swig this. It would be yeah. completely different. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you'd be like on ITU for ages, wouldn't you? And you just, you know, there'd be like this really complex kind of like rehab thing. And after it's just, mm. it just would not, it's just, but speaking of which, I mean, it just kind of shows how I think how kind of healthcare is kind of catered towards men. And there was another tweet um, from Roshana who I've mentioned it a few times. I mean, gosh, um, got to get her on the podcast. But uh, so she mentioned, mm. she said size matters. It's a bit triggering. But um, inclusive orthopedics, over a month ago, I wrote a letter in conjunction with Brit Orthopedic at Brit Orthopedic to an all, to an all large orthopedic equipment manufacturers. Instru- instruments need to be designed for female smaller hands and those for, with disabilities. 
I think it's kind of really interesting. I mean, the, the, certainly within cardiology, our leads are designed f- for a man. Um, just for uh, really, they, they, are there, there are no female... Not really, no. I mean, I think I think they could be. They certainly could be better. I mean, even scrubs actually, the way they're kind of they fit, is just a bit kind of bonkers, isn't it? And just just the more you think about it, how many things are kind of catered towards, you know, just the male perspective, just kind of completely thoughtlessly. And I um, must have. Uh, you must have seen a trust that I used to work for that shall remain late, nameless. Uh, their paper referral forms used to say you had to fill it out. It said Doctor Blank. Right. would l- request a review on his patient oh, God. Yeah, and and that. it was it was and um yeah. the problem was they printed so many of them at some point that they were still in circulation um <laughs> but i i think a lot so much of medicine you know even at the simplest level is is dominated you know by just a male-centric attitude and and i think when it comes to just equipment and and ergonomics and and the environment we just need to challenge that wherever we can yeah fair enough i saw this kind of um have you seen this riddle I'll tr- uh I'll do, well i kind of i butchered it today but anyway a man and his son are in a car accident and the son dies the man takes his son to the hospital and the mm. surgeon says have you seen this one yeah and, yeah yeah uh, yeah, so I wanted to be like, oh, I know this one. She's his mother. And I think it's frowned upon to operate on one's family. But then the actual tweet says, a man and his son are in a car accident and the son dies. The man takes his dead son to the hospital and the surgeon says, I can't operate on this patient. He's dead. How can this be? And I just completely missed the joke. I'm just still mortified about it. It was, it was three yeah. hours ago now. And I've replied saying, oh, but anyway, I, I was the joke explainer. it's true that i think sometimes even a even a woke dudes like you and me it's so much of that sexism is is so ingrained sometimes you just you just miss it um i referred to a surgeon automatically uh the other day as like oh him and then Uh. panicked and i was like uh all her Um, and then panicked (laughs) again i was like all them and and clearly the f1 was just looking at me like okay boomer (laughs) Like, we wouldn't have noticed if you just said him, but but you had to like go back and freak out about pronouns. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's well exactly. I think that's that's why so many people react so badly to being called out because they're like, well, I couldn't possibly be sexist or racist, therefore you accusing me is the problem. As opposed to saying, hey, hang on a minute, I'm a product of my environment and I just need to be more aware. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'll try and be better in future. That's like the end of that conversation. Instead, yeah. these conversations and arguments go on for ages because people yeah. are more offended by being the accusation or the implication of sexism or racism than than they are by the actual sexism or racism. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I guess that kind of links to, I mean, the other kind of responses that you get to calling stuff out or kind of pointing out bad, you know, just kind of problematic situations, which is the response you sometimes get, which is forced positivity. And uh, it's a tweet mm. by um, at Susan David underscore PhD, who says, forced positivity is a form of denial. When you tell someone to just be positive, you're basically saying to them, my comfort is more important than your reality, which I thought was really interesting. That's a good one. I, I think that's so true, though. And and I think it, it's come up time and time again in um, on Twitter, where I'm, where medical students who are sort of speaking up, I must get told to like I'll pipe down, you know, or, you know, oh you're not going to get far with that attitude, or, you know, or anything like that. And actually, it's like oh hang on a minute. I think it's it's pretty obvious from from uh, from uh, some of the work 
you know, like some of the work that they say Orthopod Reg has done, that, that, mm. that, you know, that there's just like horrendous sexism in medicine, that, 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 that some of the problems in, in, the, in the profession, like go right to the bones, if you'll pardon the orthopedic pun. Um, <laughs> and if you acknowledge that and admit that and say, I don't want to ignore that, then when someone comes in fresh and says, well, I don't like this or we need to challenge this, like listen to them because they you know they're they're challenging some of the things you know you and i would have encoded so much of the toxicity of medicine just from having to work and and exist in that environment and mm. i imagine the more senior you get the more people will come in and say well, why are you doing that you shouldn't think that way and I, I think we sort of owe it to our idealistic young, younger selves to listen and say we're not going to be like the consultants of the past who refused to acknowledge that they needed to change. You know, times change and we have to change with them and not all of that change is going to feel lovely and positive. Some of it will feel like an imposition. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we've got to roll with that. I think that's a really nice point to end with. I think we've come to time. Um, mate, thank so you so much. I feel so like much. I've been very waffly today. but No, it's, it's been uh, awesome. You've been, spitting, you've been spitting gems, mate. I've just been... Spitting oh, gems. Spitting gems. <laughs> I've just uh, been basking in your wisdom, mate. Uh, it's been awesome. It's been really good. I don't know about that. No, it's been lovely to talk. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I... Uh, I um I appreciate the therapy and uh, he checks in the <laughs> yeah. post same time every week. Um, yeah. yeah, well, 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 are you saying this could be a regular thing? <laughs> oh, no. oh no, I've cancelled myself at the last minute. I'm getting out of your chair, Doctor Lasky. I'm getting out of your chair. Um, so Imran's not going to be around for the next couple of weeks, you know, whilst there's um, Ramadan. So um, if anyone wants to guess who the ne- guess who the next host is going to be with me. Or maybe be Zach and someone else. Maybe, I don't know. We'll keep you guessing, I guess. I, I've uh, heard you guys are going to get the canal that Russell fell into. Just, just <laughs> to come, come in and give it, give it its side of the story. Yeah, we, we need to see both sides. Do you have for balance? Mm. I think we do. I think <laughs> we need that. And maybe another week with Comboxaclav, that one. The forgotten the forgotten partner. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. That must be feeling so bad right now. I feel so bad for Comboxaclav. Nothing worse than a forgotten in-joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, oh, we've got to mention, we've got a sponsor now. Do you know that we've got a sponsor? Um, so exciting yeah exactly you're like you're like uh, a real podcast now i know right gosh yeah for reals um so uh mah accountants they're the medical accountants so um if you have uh, accountancy needs then you know go to them check them out <laughs> cool <laughs> all right well thank you so much for listening uh do you want to end on like a final thought so i don't know um uh be excellent to each other um yeah. wow uh, isn't that just... from bill and ted <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's from bill and ted that's a great movie no i think um you know it's it's important through that you, you it's you can't just be kind you have to okay. do kind do kind <laughs> right well yeah. there we go kind of gross yeah it weird. does doesn't it doesn't it yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the desperacy. Okay, well, okay, and on that note. Yeah, yeah. Take care, everyone. Cheers. Um, live long and prosper. Have a great week. Okay, bye.